Don't just pray once. Keep praying. Keep holding on to God until you see your victory, until you see your breakthrough, until you see your miracle. Amen. And stir it up. The name of the Lord is a complete place of safety. Complete place of safety. Run to Jesus. Wherever you got, whatever problems, run to Jesus. Like David, grab on to Jesus. Stir up the gift of Jesus on the inside of you. Stir up that gift that says, my brother, you are more than a conqueror. My brother, I, sister, I love you. I'm with you. We can do this. Give it to me. Let me take it. Cast your burden upon me because I care for you. Take my yoke upon you because my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, all Jesus says is Give it to me. Let me fight your battle. But you got to stir up your gift and move forward in the kingdom. Come on, give God praise. But he says, I've given you a spirit of power. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. How many watch shows or seen what dynamite does to something? Dynamite blows stuff up. This dunamis means to have the power to annihilate. See, that's the kind of power God has given you against that devil. Dunamis. Dynamite power. Not no little 22 caliber power. Dynamite power. But you got to stir it up. Before that, he said stir up the gift. Other versions say fan the flame of faith. So you, you, you have to stir it up yourself. You've got to fan it yourself. Um, what's going on in our in our world is, is is definitely part of God's plan. You know, it's it's written. Stuff's gonna happen. You know, but just be ready. That's all. Who knows when He's coming? Just be ready, and get those around you ready. Amen. But remember this: that you know, I think people th want Christianity to be just a a cake a cakewalk, like no trouble. I want Tinkerbell Jesus to just bless every moment of my life. I don't want no pain. I don't want my my kids aren't going to be in trouble, you know. My kids aren't going to do this. You know, my daughter said to me the other day, she goes, Dad, how does it feel to raise a mini, a, another version of you? I said, oh, man. And so my mother always said, I hope, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, buddy, praise God. Amen. But she's not that as bad. But, well, sometimes she is. But anyway, it's just funny how, you know, Things are going, and and you got to recognize if you're a Christian, you're in for a fight. You're in for a fight, just because you acknowledge Christ, the world isn't going to bow down to you. Matter of fact, the world's going to rise up against you.
because you will go against what they do. Look at, look at, you try it once you get out there and you start really pumping Christ on Facebook. Guaranteed, they're going to start putting, oh, you might be going, watch it. You might be going against our community standards. Watch. Just watch. Watch how people, how, come against you just by professing the name of Christ in public. They look at you kind of funny. Oh, man, he's talking about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Darn right I'm talking about Jesus, praise God. But you're in for a fight. The devil's going to not let you get anything easily. If you're going after a prize and a purpose that has God's calling on it or God's purpose on it, that devil's not going to just say, here you go, you're a Christian. He's going to try to mess up every avenue and every way towards that. He knows revival's coming, so he's going to try to, first off, he can individualize it and get everybody in their own little corner. Like that gentleman said in that, in that, in that prophecy that he gave 55 years ago, that one of the first things he's going to come against is the church. You know, churches, there's a lot of churches that just don't get along. I mean, he'd I, I, be up the road. You, you would think. If you had churches that were up the road together, you could work together and take the neighborhood over. But instead, this is your territory, and that's my territory. Don't you get, don't you come up near my territory. And it's just, there's no competition. There is enough fish in the pond for us all to be fishers of men. Amen? But that's because it's a, it's, it, 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 the mentality's wrong. In your job, in your life, you're going to go through fights. You know, like David. We're going to talk about David a little bit this morning. And we, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 3 through 6. But I want to give you a little bit of a background on it. Now, how many know who David is? Everybody in here, has ever, anybody here never heard of David? Everybody heard of David? I mean, most of you probably got a friend named David. 1 Samuel uh, 30, verse 3 through 6. You see, and when you have it, you can stand and we'll just read it, and then I'll give you the background. And when you have it, when we stand, we'll just read it all together. And it says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinanam the Jezreelites and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Let's read verse 6 again. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So now, the events before this part of Scripture is David and his, and his men 
they decided to join Saul's enemy and they were going to fight against Saul. But at the last minute, now David had a reputation. David and his mighty men. David had a handful of brothers that were so feared. You know, it says Saul killed 1,000, but David killed 10,000. There is miraculous battles where these men were outnumbered and they slew them all. They were some bad boys. And here they go to fight to go finally just go against Saul. But at the last minute, the, team, the army that he had joined up with, the leaders, they went to the king and they said, King, have you lost your mind? We're not comfortable with David and his mighty men taking up the rear. Because what happens if on the way to battle, David decides to team back up with Saul and now we're sandwiched by Saul and his fighting and then David and the mighty men behind us. It does not look good and we're not comfortable with David. Yeah, we know you trust him, but we don't want, we're, we will, basically, we're not going if David goes. So the king says to David, I'm sorry, men don't trust you. Y'all got to go. So they head back to the camp, to the city where their families were. And they find that the city had been taken over and burnt and pillaged and everything had been taken, taken away. Can you imagine? David talks to you and says, come on, we're going to go fight. And then you come back from fighting after the people that were there rejected you. Don't trust you. And now you come back and you find everything that you held dear gone. And it's all because of you, David. We followed you in the battle, David. And because of you, David, my family's gone. Probably dead. Who knows what they're doing to my family. So they talk a stone in David. But David, can you imagine how fearful that must have been even for David? Because listen, now his crew, his bad boys, are talking about stoning him. Doesn't look too good for David. So what does David do? He starts whining and crying. He called Oprah, called Dr. Phil. Right? Hey, Maury. No. Says he encouraged himself. You know what that encouraged himself means to fasten upon, to be strong, to seize, or to take hold of. So David took hold of the God on the inside of him and encouraged himself and talked to the Lord, stirred up the inside gift on him, and the Lord said, you go and you will have victory. At the end of this story, end of this battle, David and his mighty men, they go. And they get everything back. And not a hair on their head was harmed. Nothing had been taken. They got everything back. It says they fought them from night, noon till night. All day long. They fought, 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 fought. And they got them all. And everything was returned to David. But David could have gave up. Look at this. It says here, in the, it says that they went and 
that it was burned with fire, their wives, their sons, and their daughters were taken captive. Do you realize the devil's trying to take your sons and your daughters and wives captive right now? You realize that devil's trying to take your household captive? Trying to get your kids and, and, and things that don't belong. Trying to get your wives and, and, and everybody. The devil's just trying to take everybody captive. He's trying to invade your household. He's trying to invade your world. He's already all over the world messing and creating mayhem. You're all I'm a Christian. Yeah, well, he's still messing with you too. So when, when trouble comes, being that you're a Christian, you should know the answer is to stir up the gift on the inside of me. Tell me, just say, stir it up. Say, stir it up. Come on, say, stir it up. You know, just like this morning, we came in and we were all at the beginning, we go, ah, until we started praising God. Then we're like, yeah, even the little girl was out there bouncing. So you got to change the atmosphere in your life. When you see something coming down the lane or the part right at you, you got to stop it in its tracks by how you look at it and how you react to it. See, David could have fell into depression. David could have ran and hid. But what did David do? He took hold of God Almighty, and God Almighty said, You go, and you'll have victory. See, we're not meant to be weak. We're, not, we're, we're meant to stand up and fight. In the spirit, we're meant to fight. You know, you can accomplish much more in the spirit than you can in the natural. A lot of people want to complain about stuff, but I don't see anybody praying about it. And don't pray your will on it. Pray for God's will on it. You know, when you pray your will, you just commit witchcraft. Start calling you Medusa. Madam Medusa. But you got to be strong. Life's going to happen. That's why sometimes you have to set up boundaries and borders to protect you from some of the attacks. Like I remember when we were in Bible college. You're in Bible college. A lot of single people in Bible college. A lot of good-looking Christians in Bible college. A lot of good-looking Christians that can sing and preach and all. You know, it's like I remember Pastor Parsons' wife came out, and the first thing she said at the first chapel, she said, Welcome to World Harvest, Harvest Bible College, not World Harvest Bridal College. She goes, Because a lot of guys and girls come here looking for your future wife. If that's why you're here, you're there for the wrong reason. But as we had, we, we signed a covenant agreement on how we would live our lives while we were at Bible College, which the same agreement should apply whether you're in Bible college or not. But one thing, we had a thing called the threshold rule. And I'm a single male. No woman was allowed across my threshold without six or more people in the, in the, and with us. And it wasn't six or more couples. <laughs> we had to prevent ourselves from even falling into the risk of temptation. We didn't do things that would actually invite temptation. Avoid all appearances of evil. You have to, sometimes you have to protect yourself by what, that's why my wife and I were talking about the R movies. You got to protect what you take inside. Because if you watch a lot of people cheating on their wives and husbands, then sub, that subconsciously your mind thinks it's okay. You start watching a lot of people shooting and killing. Subconsciously that becomes second nature and okay because you're watching it. Even though you know when you're watching it that it is television, 
your mind stores the images. When we come into situations that can be fearful, we can't be fearful. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. We need to grab onto the Word of God. We need to grab onto God. And we also need to grab onto those believers that we know are the same way believing that we are. So you can't do it on your own. What does it say? Did it, did it, does the scripture say, where you stand by yourself, there I am in the midst of you. Where two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. So if you got a situation, if you got a problem, if you got some trouble, grab a brother and sister that you know thinks and believes and prays the same way that you do and touch and agree. And you don't even have to be in the same room. You can be on the phone and touching and agreeing. You can be on Facebook and touching and agreeing. You can be on Duo Live, whatever it is when you FaceTime, whatever, and you can touch and agree. But you got to be strong. You can't be weak. Listen, if you get into the ring, unless you're getting paid a lot of money to do it, and you think you're going to lose, you're going to get beat up. Every fight you get into, you need to see yourself winning. I remember one time, I was at an Aerosmith concert at a big motor speedway. Thousands of people. Probably 30,000 people or more. Huge concert. It was a great concert too, by the way. But anyway, I saw this commotion going on. And there was this big, tall, Goliath-looking-like guy. And he was giving this little, stocky, Popeye-looking-like guy a problem. But there was obviously a size difference. And there was this place that was called a beer tent. But it was a you know covering, and it had picnic tables. And the big guy just happened to be standing by the corner of a picnic table. You know how picnic tables are set up? You got the seat, the table. So this little guy came marching across the thing, stepped up on the seat, and whacked the giant right in his head. And that giant said, boom. See, that little guy had a fight. That little guy said, whatever that guy did to get that man mad enough, he said, well, wait, he's bigger than me, so I'm going to use some leverage. So you got to use your leverage when you're fighting that devil. You may not be bigger than him, but your father is. So you encourage yourself in the Lord. Step up on the picnic bench of faith and smack that devil straight upside the head and knock him down. And I know that's not like, you know, that's, that's how I preach. Street preaching, praise God. Encourage yourself. Be strong. Stir it up. Y'all all have it in you. See, if you're a believer in Christ, you got it in you. But you got it. It's just like if you want to exercise. Like right now, I've got a bench. I got like 300, 400 pounds of weights probably in the garage. And I desire to pump up and buff up and be like Rodney. But, but I first would have to take my leaf blower to get the pile of dust. Well, I can't say that because my wife uses the bench. But I don't. But the tools are in the house. 
I have a hard time disciplining enough to do 20 minutes on the treadmill in the morning. It's there. But unless I get on it, I don't get the benefit from it. That's like I heard another preacher say that, you know, too many Christians want to be part-time with God and want full-time blessing, full-time provision. So you all have the gift in you. You all have access to the Holy Ghost and, the, and to the Father and to, through Jesus, what he did on Calvary. But are we stirring it up? Are we using it? When you come up against opposition, what's the first thing to do? A lot of us, we, we pack up and run. Or we start thinking negative thoughts, and we start wait, believing what the fear says. No, because look at what 2 Timothy 1, 6 says. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. It says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of sound mind. Say that with me. Say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. He has given me power, love, and a sound mind. Say that again. Say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. But he has given me power. He's given me love. And he's given me a sound mind. That's pretty good stuff. See, first of all, that word spirit translates breath. How many have breath in your lungs? How many in here would say that breath is a part of your everyday life. Anybody wake up and go, hey, I'm not breathing today. You all really need some prayer after you ain't breathing today. Yeah, it'd be cold blue all true. Amen. <laughs> Says you have not given the breath or the life of fear. God did not give you fear. That's the enemy. The enemy wants you in fear. The enemy wants you questioning everything. The enemy wants you feeling weak. The enemy wants you depressed. The enemy wants you discouraged. The enemy wants you to stop believing. The enemy wants you sick. The enemy wants you broke. The enemy wants you scared and running for your life. But God did not give you that spirit. You think God's scared of anything? God's not scared. I don't care what they tell you about him on Facebook. God is not scared of anything that devil brings or says because God knows who created who. And God gave you a spirit that's not a fear. It's not, that word fear is timidity. It means timidity. And timidity means to have no boldness. It means a desire to have it, but you don't have it. You're weak. You're timid. Shy. Listen, there's no room for shyness in the kingdom of God. You need to be able to stick your finger in that devil's face every time. No shyness. 
When something happens in your life and that natural desire that you're used to doing ha comes, you see, you need to be bold. And be like, nope, not this time. That's not what I'm doing. Maybe some people, you know, first thing to do when something's going on is to shout and scream at the person. You need to be like, nope, nope. Because the reason you're shouting and screaming is because you're scared of what they're saying or what they're saying bothering you. Sometimes when we get in fear, a lot of people run to other things to try to take us out of the fear. But you realize when the other things run out, the fear's still there. Didn't fix nothing. You just hit it. That's like when you break your arm, break your leg, break a bone, and they give you Oxycontin. All that does is take away the pain. It's not healing the bone. And if you're not careful, you end up with another problem after you heal. And then you go get your bones broken for a whole other reason. Because <laughs> you're doing too much dope. But he says, I've given you a spirit of power. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. How many watch shows or have seen what dynamite does to something? Dynamite blows stuff up. This dunamis means to have the power to annihilate. See, that's the kind of power God has given you against that devil. Dunamis. Dynamite power. Not no little 22 caliber power. Dynamite power. But you got to stir it up. Notice before that, he said, stir up the gift. Other versions say, fan the flame of faith. So you, you, you have to stir it up yourself. You've got to fan it yourself. And then as believers, remember it says we're supposed to talk to each other in encouragements and psalm hymns and spiritual songs. Sometimes you've got to help other people stir it up. Sometimes you've got to be an instrument to help other people. You can't stir them up, but you can help in stirring them up. You can be an assistance in their faith by encouraging them, loving them, not putting them down, being there, standing in the group. You know what, sister, we got this. That devil's out of here in the name of Jesus. But when you're all by yourself, you got to be able to stir yourself up like David. Like, yeah, all my homeboys want to kill me, but I'm going to encourage myself. I am going to take hold. I am going to seize. I'm going to grab onto my God. Because first off, you better understand and you better believe that your God loves you more than you would ever even imagine. And then he'll never leave you and never forsake you. And he's always with you. He's just waiting on you. He'll be there in times of trouble. He's there in times of good times. He's in times of not even doing anything times. He's there all the time. You have to stir up that gift on the inside of you that connects to the kingdom. And you've got to recognize that I am a child of the king. And can't no devil in hell take me down in the name of Jesus. But what comes out of my mouth, it exists when I include Jesus and the Spirit of God. And if I put it in the name of Jesus, it's a wrap. And you have to see the problem. This is what happens. Ooh, Pastor, I feel I stirred up the gift. Ooh, ooh I started up. Then fear come along, and all of a sudden, like, oh, what happened? You get all scared again. 
Just because you stir it up, that doesn't mean the devil going to come back to try to stir it up, his fear in you. See, a lot of us like stirring up drama in other people's lives. Huh? Come on. Sometimes it's unintentional. But a lot of times people just like drama. devil loves drama. He is a great drama creator. He is like the best. He's, he is better than Scorsese. He is a great producer. He, 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 he knows how to create it. He knows how to stir it up. But we need to stir up the gift of God in your house, in yourself, in this church, in the community, whatever we're doing. Then he says, give you a spirit of love. That's just affection for, for you know, not the, uh, God, not the, um, the, the, um, the, the, uh, I can't think of it now. The, the one of the, the love of, you know, mm, that kind of love. I'm talking about the Phil, Phil, Philo and Agape love. Eros, that's it. That's where we get the word erotic from. Not talking about that erotic love, you know, like, woo, you know, viva de loco. But uh, talking about agape love. That love, it's a love feast. It's like, how many like to go to Golden Corral? Well, now he likes to go to Fred's, but... But go to Corral or any kind of buffet. I heard there's a real good, hey, I heard there's a real good Chinese buffet in South Tampa. But why am I talking about buffets? Because you can walk in and you can have as much of whatever's there and it's a feast. And it's all you can eat. And a lot of places have all, a lot of stuff you can imagine all there. That's what agape love is for God, of God. The agape love, it's a love feast. That's what that word, agape, is a love feast. See, we're supposed to have a love feast, so much of a God's agape love that we have the philo love for our brothers and sisters. See, but that spirit he's put in you is that spirit of agape love that he has for each and every one of you. You know he loves you, right? Does everybody here know he loves you? I mean, you have to, see, that's, you have to understand that first. That God loves you. If you don't understand that God loves you, then nothing, none of this even matters. You got to understand that God loves you enough that he gave his only son to give you straight power and a sound mind and to not be in control of that devil. So that we can stand here today and say, hey, whatever happens, if Jesus come right now, whoop, we're going to my whatever. whatever. Whatever he has designed for me, I'm fine with it as long as it's in heaven. Amen. I don't care if I'll be homeless on the curb, sleeping in heaven. Amen. Put my head on the curb, looking at the gold, and be like, yes, I'm in heaven. Praise God. Amen. Just as long as I can watch reruns of Burn Notice, I'll be cool. Praise God. <laughs> it's a great show. But anyway, then it says you got to have sound mind. Sound mind. You know what sound mind means? Discipline. You got to have a disciplined mind. See, we can't be half in, half out. We can't be schizophrenic or bipolar with God. He's either God or he's not. And we got to be disciplined in how we think. How do we find discipline? Scripture. Thou shalt not steal. That means that you pay for something before you take it. That includes borrowing something without permission. That's stealing. 
I remember one time I went, we went to the lighthouse. And there, there, there's this little, they, they have a self-dug retention pond because they got enough brothers. They can do stuff like that. And there was a guy, and he was digging, and he was normally helping us load the truck. So instead of good morning, well, I said good morning, but my first question to him is, I said, what did you do? Because that's usually like hours of labor for sin committed. And he said, well, we went to church. And I wore my brother's cufflinks. And you think that's minimal, but he didn't ask. There was no permission granted, so technically that was theft. God says, thou shalt not lie. There's other scriptures about liars not making it to heaven. But if the commandment says not to lie, that should be your discipline not to lie. Because God put it in the commandment. So if it's in a commandment, then I should be able to try my best not to do it. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or things. In other words, keep your eyes and hands to yourself. Well, I'm just looking. I'm just window shopping. Well, Jesus said, if you do it now, you, you committed the sin. You mind, then he says to take your eye out. Now, don't go poking your eyes out, man. If you ride down the street and you look at something, don't poke your eye. Let Jesus pit poke your spiritual eye. But you got to have a disciplined mind. We can't be going through, especially the days that are coming, undisciplined in our thought patterns. Because you will fall, you will fall, you will fall. You've got to know what you believe, and you've got to be disciplined to it. If you're, involved, like if you're involved in a sport, you have disciplines you have to do if you want to be good. You have to practice. You have to be places of practice when everyone else is out having fun. You've got to be like Deacon Day, shooting basketballs in the dark with ankle weight time so that you can get above the backboard when you jump. You got to be so disciplined and dedicated to what you're doing. You, and we could find that in everything else. Well, how is it that we can't find that in our relationship with God? That should be the thing we're most disciplined in, the most dedicated to, but we fall short. And it starts because we live undisciplined lives with undisciplined minds. You should all. Live in Proverbs 18.10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a complete place of safety. Complete place of safety. Run to Jesus. Wherever you got, whatever problems, run to Jesus. Like David, grab on to Jesus. Stir up the gift of Jesus on the inside of you. Stir up that gift that says, my brother, you are more than a conqueror. My brother, I, sister, I love you. I'm with you. We can do this. Give it to me. Let me take it. Cast your burden upon me because I care for you. Take my yoke upon you because my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, all Jesus says is give Give it to me. Let me fight your battle. But you got to stir up your gift and move forward in the kingdom. Come on. Give God praise. And I got to go. It, 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 it's already after 12. So we got we to gotta go. You got to be like Jacob to wrestle until you get what you want.
Don't just pray once. Keep praying. Keep holding on to God until you see your victory, until you see your breakthrough, until you see your miracle. Amen. And stir it up. Say, say stir it up. Say, I'm going to stir up the gift. It's on the inside of me. Devil, watch out. Because I'm stirring it up. And I'm coming after you. I said, I'm coming after you. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. Jesus is my Lord, is my King, and I'm stirring up the gift of power and love and sound mind that he put in me. I shall not be defeated. I shall not be overcome. I will have the victory in Jesus' name. Come on, give them praise. Hallelujah. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world, one life, one city, one nation at a time.